0: Our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It's time for a new episode in the beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign in the adventure series, The Queen, in the quest, The Way of the Queen. Uh, we haven't done too much in this one yet. Uh, basically, our party in the last couple episodes were asked to go meet with the queen, Alvir, Gervar. Uh, had some very interesting experiences as she came off as being kind of very aloof and ditzy and kind of unaware of how to hold her own position. More impressed by the gaudy displays of her own wardrobe than anything to do with actually holding court. But the party was requested to go sit at, you know, the, the grand dinner i guess in honor of them and everybody else but still it just highlighted all the differences between the adventuring class as it were and all the fancy rich people and so the party feeling kind of disillusioned by this whole strange affair uh were requested to go meet the queen in basically like a private chamber all by themselves fearing for the worst instead they were greeted by a very strange occurrence by the queen being sort of very aware, very intelligent, politically savvy, and kind of almost like cryptic with everything she was up to. She alarmed the party that there was something of a war effort coming their way from Gorgareth and the orcs were planning an assault. So she had a devious plan for the party to go capture a Hydra using magical means. They were to go meet with an old accomplice and friend of the old king who mysteriously died. Wink, wink, eye shift, eye shift. And uh, they're going to meet Ordiglare the Clever Um, but yeah, as far as the details that the party have right now about where to find these people, uh, the most detail that they've heard was that they were supposed to follow the main road west of here, past Glint, um, and hand over to Gaborah, um, but, uh, in the town of Glint, there is a, a tower there, a very interesting and strange tower. She basically said that somewhere in the woods, there was Some interesting, this didn't happen in the last episode, but in the brevity of traveling out there, um, the Queen mentions that the tower itself is very strange and hard to find, but said something about how anybody who's good at chess will be very clearly able to find the tower. And that's pretty much all she said about it, saying something about it being in the woods south of Glint. Um, but. Yeah, and so with that, um, we're going to be doing something a little different than usual for a traveling sequence. Um, So the guy's name was Ash Law, and apparently he was working in organized games for the 13th age, which if anybody knows about that system out there, it's worth checking out. Um, But for this travel sequence, what I want to do is kind of borrow his idea with sort of improvisational traveling. Um, and so basically what I'm going to have everybody in the group do is sort of add some note of what happens in travel, which means, you know, and and by improv, I hope to add a lot more yeses than nos to this, but basically I want to hear things that you guys would like to have happen during the travel sequence that like makes sense. So just to provide a little bit of background, you guys are going to be traveling on the Western road, um, through the main forest that surrounds Eagleheart. Uh, and it's known as the it's known as the Forest of the Wandering Swordsmen. Um, it's an interesting place, but can I get a history check if anybody has history? Or if anybody has religion, that'll also
4: work. I have both.
0: Yeah. What if I have both? <laughs> I mean, you can pick, do religion. You can pick either one to go with. What if I have neither? Well, um, you can go home and hope that the oh. party figures something nice out.
1: Well, I hope somebody knows something because I only rolled a 5
0: on my history.
4: And <laughs> a 14 on religion.
0: Klica got a
3: 17 on history.
0: So both Anton and Klica, and unfortunately not Norhill, but you two are able to tell the party as you're <laughs> heading through the forest on your way to Glint. Um, did I give you guys
4: horsies last time? Uh, I think so. I
0: believe so, yeah. My
4: horse would be a painted pony. I'm taking it Shetland. back. There's no
0: horsies. I'm taking all the horsies back. You have yet to earn horsies. You must walk. The queen's not that gracious.
3: Hoofing it.
0: Hoofing it indeed with your feet. Um, but anyway, the the thing that click and Anton can tell you guys is that the place where you're going is known as the Forest of the Wandering Swordsmen. It's a place where, as legend has it, um, one of the greatest swordsmen was working underneath a captain of, you know, the Amarithian army uh he witnessed something terrible happen where the captain of the guard manipulated somebody and took advantage of the situation and his power and basically the swordsman was like i will not stand for this and he basically bladed the guy down and so because he was dishonored he knew he couldn't go back to his shift being an actual soldier so instead he just kind of haunted the forest for a while and like would do good deeds and protect people because he basically did the shift from lawful stupid to chaotic good. and was just like, I am the law, you know what I mean? And so the reason why religion applies to this is this was a long, long time ago, and it's hard to believe that he could still be alive out here, but people still mention tales of this ghostly figure sort of protecting people on the road and like strange happenstance where, I don't know, Goblins show up to raid people and all of a sudden half the goblins disappear or die miraculously and nobody can really explain why that is, but it's known to be a pretty decent reason why Eagleheart hasn't had too many caravans get raided by anybody is because they just assume that ghosties out here protecting them. But as far as what you guys also know, historically speaking about the region, goblins from the Akeratos Mountains to the south have been kind of creeping into these woods lately, and there is always something of like a a bit of them around. So I'm going to go ahead and ask everybody to roll initiative. Actually, no, I'm not even going to roll initiative, Anthony, I don't feel like you get to say enough on this. We're going to let Norhill tell us what is the first thing that happens. You can tell us it could be weather, it could be a travel difficulty, it could be a run-in with some foe, it could be a run-in with a friend, it could be an interesting thing. Just breathe life into this as you think would best benefit the group, the story, or Norhill specifically.
1: Okay. Uh, So early on into the travel, Norhill would like to make a fortuitous discovery. So perhaps, let's say, a safe place to rest.
0: Okay. Now, um, I'm trying to think what would work best for him. Now, because the forests are kind of hilly and ridgy, I imagine there'd be some ability for him to find, like, almost a craggy grotto, and perhaps Norhill is more aware of, like, what certain stones only turn up when, like, ground has been sort of torn at. You know what I mean? So it's, like, certain rocks that only exist beneath the dirt, so it's not like, I don't know. There's a town to the south of here called Slayton, and so there's a lot of I don't know, mining that happens there. So let's just say Norhill above everybody else can tell like the symbolisms of a mining like a mining site. And you see certain stone that comes from deeper within the earth. And so stumbling across a couple of mossy covered stones, you can see it, there must be some mining site here. And because moss is already grown on it, it must be old and either vacant or full of something spooky. Does that feel fair? Know,
4: big that
0: feels good to me. <laughs> It's Grimlocks. This was all just an excuse to kill Anton with Grimlocks. (laughs) I have killed how many characters with Grimlocks, Ronnie? Two? At least. I'm feeling lucky. Let's make it seven. Um, Just keep rolling them out. Um, Okay, so whoever wants to go next on this improv, I'm thinking that you guys will be traveling for at least four days before you reach Glent. So we've got time to kind of explain this away. I imagine the road to that mining site is probably pretty safe since it's so close to the city. So who wants to describe something now?
3: I think um, I think Klico while she was in town picked up like a small buckler because she realized that everybody else in the party has a shield but her and she wanted to fit in.
0: want to get rid of a gold piece for that
3: yeah i will um and so she has like this shiny new buckler and no idea how to wear it or use it or what it's good for so i think um whenever we get a chance at like rest she's gonna like try and take peeks at how jarzak and norhill and anton all wield their shields so i she's probably kind of excited going into the cave hoping there's something in there so that she can see them get you know doffed up and try and imitate it um so i think klika's kind of looking forward to maybe
0: some trouble coming has she been up to this point kind of doing like that weird stick and hoop thing where you just like roll it down the street with a stick and you're just like trying to keep it rolling because <laughs> it think, feels like a kalika ish move, or like playing yeah, Frisbee with herself and like trying to catch it in her own mouth. I think she's like trying to
3: like wait for someone else to say something about it, but very obviously like has it poorly strapped to her arm and is just like uh, anytime there's like a noise or anything, instantly like pulls it up to try and block some imaginary enemy,
0: you know? Okay. Like All right, gym, so now, toy. so now I suppose we have to ask the question: uh, Is this Anton or Jarzak who's going to be telling us what happens next? If Jarzak wants to tell us it's raining, that's a throwaway move.
2: <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I was gonna be like, it, J- Jarzak just makes a. Good point with Norhill is to like, why do we need to be in a cave because it's so nice and sunny out?
0: And then that's what Dan says it's raining, torrential downpour
2: instantly starts downpouring. (laughs) And then with that, Jarzak like uses his shield to cover the rain above his head (laughs)
0: because apparently that that came out
3: immediately. Imitates it is like, ah, okay, I'm
0: starting to get it now. You guys are going to get in a fight. Somebody's going to come swinging a sword and she's just going to lift it above her head and just eat it in the chest and just (laughs) like Jarzak. Why? Like, what did I do? (laughs) But, okay. So, um, does, well, actually, is there anything really, was that your actual response to what happens?
2: Uh, (laughs) You know, that probably sounds like something that Jarzak would do during, like, what they were doing, but uh, I imagine Jarzak would, like, take a minute to kind of, like, find his own corner to, like, take a sec to sharpen up his weapon and all that and start talking to it.
0: Fair enough. So in that case, before we get to Anton, I will say this much, that going into this cave and like going down it, it does seem like there was a massive cave in at some point, and you can see some remnants of like animals had been in here at some point, like maybe bears or like some kind of big hunting cat or something like that had taken up residence, maybe a few raccoons or something. But the most important and startling feature you notice is there is something of an old like fire that had been in here, something of like an old little like campfire. Um, and it does seem like the ashes are still like not warm, but you can tell this was burned like yesterday, if not like early into this morning.
4: Well, just to start, when and then we Anton's the- like, "It's a Grimlock fire." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They don't have fires because they can't fucking see because they don't have goddamn eyes. Those creepy you're saying colors. that
0: blind people can't have fires, Ronnie?
4: No, they're <laughs> fucking scary. <laughs> oh they're my
0: god, people. Ronnie. Wait, well, you're saying blind got, people are like,
4: scary? <laughs> no. Ronnie! Grimlocks are scary.
0: Okay, that's fair.
4: They don't have, they don't have like, anything. They just Ronnie, have, like, nothing. what happens? Okay. <laughs> Before it we doesn't enter have to forest, do with the cave.
0: It doesn't have to do with the cave. You can do stuff further on the road.
4: The first thing Anton's going to do is give an offering to the Wandering Swordsman in order to hopefully have safe passage. I don't know if maybe he'd leave some candles, incense, possibly a piece of food, a little thing of wine. Something as, candles, like, some form of offering.
0: The candles immediately <laughs> go out as soon as it starts to rain. No, but I, I get what you're saying. So you can, like, sort of go to a tree somewhere with a nice, like, rooty base and leave a bit of an offering or gift. So what are you actually going to give up, though? Uh, let's
4: take... What do I, I mean, have? if it's candles, I that makes make a worry. lot of sense
0: for your character to do that, and, like, light a candle and leave it there.
4: I just want to see down what else forest. I have. Um... Yeah, I'll definitely leave a candle. I think I'll leave three pieces of gold for good luck. Um,
0: We're just going down your grocery list of things you don't want.
4: No, I'm trying to be like... like... This old
0: sweatshirt from Glory Wake University.
4: And then I'll Let's leave... go Seals! What? I'll leave... um. <laughs>
0: Does that I'm
4: mean that a ra- Anton... And then
0: I'll leave half a ration. Half a ration?
4: Yeah. Okay,
0: that's fair. Uh-huh. Does that seem... I, I like the idea also, it's canon now, that Anton once played for the Glory Wake Seals and was part of the, the team, but only because he was a water boy or something like that?
4: Oh, he was a good water boy.
0: <laughs> but... Um, he was
4: a bread boy. Let's go...
0: Like this is literally not gonna help anybody in this game. (laughs) You like eat your bread, have a candle. (laughs) Carb up. (laughs) Like we're already in the game. Like I know you're behind. Carb up. But okay. And so with that, you do feel some sense of safer travels as you guys are going. That rain that I mentioned before seemed to only hit you guys as you were like outside of the cave. Um But I will say the next few days of travel are pretty uneventful, Um, but as you guys are traveling on about the third day, I am going to need something of a perception check from the party. Mm -hmm. Let's get that that perception check. (laughs) (laughs) Nat 20
3: one, nineteen.
0: Hell yeah. It's still a nat 20, man. I'll accept crits. Nice. 13. I got an 18. Okay, and then we've got from Jarzak.
2: Natural one.
0: Plus Holy cow! Woo.
2: Plus one is two, you know? Perfect.
0: So all three of Norhill, Klika, and Anton, you guys can tell as you're traveling down um, this wooded path here where it seems to be kind of between a couple of sets of hills, but it's a thick, thick section of forest. You guys, all of you hear something in the distance, like the sound of somebody like in agony and... It sounds like there's just a lot of a struggle going on. You guys can hear the sounds of like grunts and moans and stuff. Kalika can tell the sound is the sound of somebody being like beaten and not like with weapons, but like, like there's punches and kicks and you can hear somebody getting the wind knocked out of them. And all three of you and Jarzak, who's sort of picking up on this all going on now that you can see the rest of the party parking up, you can hear a, a feminine voice kind of kick up for a second. And she says, kill me if you will. You'll never... You'll never know the secrets, and you just hear like another "ooh," uh, uh, and it sounds like it's about a hundred or so feet away.
4: I must go heal. <laughs> Anton runs in that direction.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and Norhill will uh, start uh, trucking out in that direction as well.
0: I'm waiting for one of the last two of you, Jarzak or Klika, to say, "I walk." Like as if as if this doesn't bother you.
3: Kika <laughs> just has her poorly trying to get the shield strapped to her arm and running forward, drops it like three times, goes back, picks it up. Holds it over
0: her head quickly. Yeah. Um Okay. Um and so the party rushes up and before you is something of a pretty unless Jarzak wasn't going.
2: No, no Jar Jarzak would be following them. Yeah. I hoped so, but I just I wanted to give you the
0: benefit <laughs> of the doubt on that one. <laughs> But as you guys rush down this section of Wooded Trail, you guys can see that in the clearing, there is a woman sort of nestled against a tree, and she has, like, she's, I don't want to say it, she's laying with her back against it as if, like, the tree is the only thing keeping her up. And there are two individuals with dark gray, if not black, robes on, and they seem to be almost wearing, like, full-on, like, ninja-style gi. And they seem to be just, like, fully robed up to the point that, like, it doesn't look like there's any fingers or toes or like faces or anything showing it's like they're just kind of mummies in like this dark grayish black inky shadowy looking robes and as you guys kind of come the corner an Anton full trotting yelling for the light these guys very clearly notice you and one of them out of the two of them that are there just swift kicks the lady in the face and you hear like this like bone crunching snap noise as she falls dead just to the side with like a hoof. And the two of them both look down the line at you guys and it just with absolutely no sound, begin to walk towards you with almost like a calculated and very like slow moving stalking pace, like some sort of a hunting cat. Their feet don't make any noise as they're walking and it does not seem good for you guys. Now I will need another religion or history check. Jarzak doesn't get to roll anything. Yes. Yes, my plan. I'll teach you to have a giant snake in my game.
1: That time it was a
3: nine, history. Oh,
4: good. 13 for religion. All
0: right. uh, six. And you can roll for the other one if you have both of them. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you Ooh. to just one of them. Nice, an uh, eight.
4: <laughs> On history, I got a 19.
0: So Anton has a moment of nightmarish fear, as you see before you, almost like kind of blinded by your desire to go rushing up there. But you have a moment of realization as what you see are some like foot soldiers of a certain monastic cloistered order known as the Many Eyes of Failure. And these guys are no good. These are like shadow and darkness worshiping assassins, monks, and warriors who basically I don't know. As far as you know, they worship some sort of demigod of darkness known as Selur. I mean, Felure, And the whole kind of big idea is that it's darkness that's full of eyes that can see through the darkness, but nobody can see the eyes within it. So it's oftentimes kind of represented by this big shadowy spider with just eyeballs covering all of it. And it sort of lingers in the darkest of darkness and like watches everybody around. So it's not that failure is associated with, you know, the deceiver, the tormentor. Instead, this is kind of just like some big spooky darkness monster that people have learned to manipulate shadows and do its thing. But seeing these guys out here on the trail, they work in secrecy. So the fact that you guys happen to be stumbling out here, running and throwing shields around and stuff, they are very clearly going to quell this little, uh, I don't know, bit of a viewership. It does seem like, I don't know, they're not ones to leave, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Witnesses. So, yeah. And so at that moment, you can see them turn tail and start running towards you guys with some level of a calculated soundless speed. You know you're about to get into quite the scuff. So let's roll initiative as they close the gap with Ferocious speed to about 60 feet. I don't know.
4: I got a six.
0: Oh boy, that twenty I got six to the bank. All right, so we've got Jarzak with twenty. Who got below twenty? Seventeen. Okay, so we're gonna go Jarzak, Klika. What did Norhill get? Eight. Okay, so it's gonna go Jarzak, Klika, these guys, Norhill, Anton. So Has
3: Norhill gotten above a ten on initiative yet?
1: I don't think so. I, uh... <laughs>
0: At this point, it would be weird if he did. Yeah. So, okay, we got about 60 feet of distance between you guys. Is like one of the most straight passages in this path that you guys have seen yet. And, yeah, there's the two of them, and they're full speed approaching. Neither of them seem armed at all, but that's almost the more intimidating part. So, what's Jarzak going to do? Uh,
2: Jarzak's going to cast a spell.
0: Of course He's he going to
2: do an Eldritch Blast. Okay. And so is that just an attack roll? Yeah, 16 to hit That is a hit For 5 damage
0: So I'm going to also say this much um, Because these guys look so Uniform and it's going to be difficult to tell them Apart, um, we'll say that There's one that's taller than the other one So do you want to hit the tall one or the short one?
2: I will hit the one that's Furthest in the back
0: They're like equidistant
2: Okay, I will go. I'll go for the tall one
0: Okay, and how much damage did you say?
2: It's like a more worthy opponent in Jarzak's eyes. That's five damage. Okay.
0: Alright, and so uh, what does that look like?
2: Uh, Jarzak, for once in his his uh, career, doesn't just bust out his sword and charge in, or his axe, and uh, puts it away, and starts like chanting, and his hands start moving, and this big ball of force appears and he just like shoots it towards them.
0: That's alarming. Okay. And so that sunders down and nails one of them and they kind of look at each other for a quick second and you see them almost double time their run towards you. Um, Okay. And was that it for your turn or did you want to move or something? Uh, I sometimes forget that you're not a beefcake character as the Hexblade. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I get this, like, thought in my head that somehow you want to be in combat. But then it, uh, it like, it dawns on me that, like, though you might be the most intimidating looking out there as far as the four of you go, you, I don't think I, you got the checks I to catch am, that doggy bark.
2: Yeah, I, I am, <laughs> I believe, the easiest to hit in this party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially now that Klika has her shield above her head. Uh, well,
2: even before that, Klikka... <laughs> Out exceed <laughs> Jarzak. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Jarzak's gonna take like a, just move further away,
0: like okay. twenty False. feet. Okay. So in that case, you'll be eighty feet away from there. Okay. Fair enough. So speaking of the Clicca Devil, um, how what's Clicca up to?
3: Um, she has still yet to get the uh shield, in any real position on herself, and then she sees that Jarzak doesn't even put on his shield, and she gets really upset, puts the shield on the ground, pulls out her crossbow, and takes a shot at the uh, short guy.
0: Okay, so go ahead and roll the attack roll. Does a
3: 23 hit? That sure does.
0: Seven damage. Okay, so Kalika picks up her crossbow, pulls it out, Shoots it off at this guy, the shorter one. And as you shoot the crossbow bolt out, you see the guy almost like, how do I say it? He does a quick spin that all of a sudden his gi seems to like flourish into a darker, cloudier shape around him. And as the crossbow would have hit him, all of a sudden that cloudy shape disperses in like an eyes blink. And you see him with crossbow bolt in the hand snap it quick, and throw two pieces behind him, continuing his charge forward.
3: Man, Kleka throws her crossball on the ground. Nothing's working for her today. She's like, I'm out. Any movements from Klica? Uh, She's just going to pull out Flicker and get ready for them to move in the base contact with Norhill and Anton and yeah, oh,
0: okay. She's not going to move up or back yet. Okay. Um, okay, and now it goes to them, and they clear that gap. A solid uh, 40 feet of that, so now everybody's 20 feet, except for Jarzak, who's 40 feet away. Um, And at the end of that run, it seems like they're both kind of like, I don't want to say like cartwheeling over to here, but both of them are moving in like this weird sort of like the way that their stuff moves and shimmers. It's hard to tell where their physical form actually is when they're running. Like, it's hard to see, like, are they standing with one leg in front of the other, or, like, are they in a stance with their hands up or by their sides? It's really hard to tell. They're kind of manipulating the shadows of light around you. But, um, okay, and then we go to Norhill.
1: So they're about 20 feet away? Yes, sir. Uh, Norhill is going to uh, 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 close the distance, uh, get in their way, and try to swing at the taller one.
0: Righteous. Okay. Okay. to hit. That's a miss. Any fancy action points? He's like, hell no. I'm saving
1: that. Yeah, I'll save it for now.
0: Okay. And so with that, um, now we'll go to Anton for the end of the round.
4: Would Radiance the Dawn make sense right now?
0: Which move is that? What's that?
4: That's a channel divinity.
0: And does that one do something to the darkness? Let's you see through darkness?
4: So it will... Oh, I just lost it. If I cast my Holy Symbol, uh, any magical darkness within 30 feet, it's dispelled. Each hostile creature within 30 feet must make a constitution saving throw. Um, they must beat a DC 13. If they beat it, then they only take half damage. If they don't beat it, they take full damage.
0: I mean, you could just do it for the sake of damage, but removing darkness, it's not going to change anything. It's not going
4: to change anything? Okay.
0: No.
4: Um, I mean, it'll do be damage,
0: a... though. So, I mean, if you want to just do that, then, like, by all means, but...
4: I was just thinking, because I could technically hit them both at once.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, so I was going to do channel divinity. Um, I don't have to roll anything, right? They just have to beat a con of 13, and either way, it'll take damage.
0: Okay, so in that case, uh, what does it look like as you do this?
4: Um, So I have to take out my holy symbol, which, which unfortunately, I don't remember what the hell my holy symbol is.
0: Just another candle. <laughs> Sponsored by Yankee Candle, by the way. Just glory candle. Just glory candle, and you're just like,
4: huzzah! I take out a candle, and I say, may the light bathe you and dispel all darkness. So, Hopefully it do
0: A really brief, but bright, almost blinding, like, clash of light. And you see both of them get kind of stopped in their tracks. As both of them are getting ready to beat the crud out of Norhill, who ran right up, all of a sudden they're both taken back, like, one step by this. And both of them seem to succumb to the light. So how much damage did you do? Uh,
4: Both of them get it? Oh, fuck. Uh, One second.
0: So you just roll the one and give it to both.
4: Well, it's, uh, they have to take... A creature takes radiant damage equal to 2d10, so it plus my cleric level. But is that 2d10 per creature, or at both?
0: No, like I said, you just roll it once, and then they both get it.
4: Okay.
0: Like, it's just flat damage to both of them.
4: 14 points of damage.
0: Okay, so... all right, Look, this is a family-friendly podcast, okay, <laughs> motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding, um, but okay. So yeah, that glimmering light—they both get taken aback by it quite a bit. Um, and so now we go back to the top of the round, uh, and we start with Jarzak, who is 40 feet away from the enemies. Uh, I can't hear you.
2: Jarzak's gonna do the same thing and try and blast them.
0: Okay, tall guy.
2: And Jerzak's going to fail to blast them with his natural one?
0: Oh, oh God. Why aren't you glad (laughs) that we don't have a fumble table?
2: That's two natty ones so far. Like, what?
0: I mean, I could start introducing the fumble thing, but I'm like, that's just so much. I don't even want to dive into that.
2: Three of my fourth rolls have been two are nat ones, one's a crit, and one was just a regular roll. Like,
0: what's going on? (laughs) Solid. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so you make a blunderous move. Did you want to move or anything else? No, i not going to hold my ground. Fair enough. Okay, and then now we're going to jump straight to Klica. Klica's 20 feet away. Yeah, Klica's going to close
3: the distance to get up next to um, Anton. Uh, no, uh, Norhill. Yeah, right. Norhill, sorry. And then she's going to make an attack with Flicker.
0: Before, before you do that, I just want to clarify, is Anton in base contact, or did Anton stay back?
4: Uh, he stayed back because I had thirty feet.
0: Fair enough. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to move up as well.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> let Norhill jump on that bomb. Or right, did you want to let Clico rush up so that she could have flanking?
4: Sure. Yeah,
3: yeah okay.
0: if I can. Okay.
3: Unless you're asking Anton. Then.
0: No, 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 I'm asking Klika. <laughs> <Sorry. Cleka. laughs> First I was at me too, I was like, Anton, Clica does as Clico pleases.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think Release the child
3: leash on Kleka so she can get more than ten <laughs> feet away from Anton.
0: This runs up snorting. All right, so uh, and you are going to stab with Flicker. Yeah. So okay.
3: uh, do we both have flank or just Norhill? Both of you. Okay.
0: I imagine you rush up underneath the uh, the now blinded um, uh, warriors of failure, and you move up like directly behind when to stab in.
3: Yeah, uh, the small one still because. He looks like a
0: worthy opponent. <laughs> that totally
3: works. And I'm still mad about the crossbow bolt. Um,
0: I will so say, 20... though, you you won't be adjacent to Norhill because of the way that that works out. You won't be adjacent, but you can get that flank. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Fair enough.
3: Yeah. Um, so that's uh, another 23 to hit.
0: Damn,
3: that's good. And max damage of 9.
0: Okay. Flicker. Good old flicker. Damn, son. So yeah, you just go running up, tumble quick, and stab the guy. What does that look like when you stab him? Where do you stab him?
3: Uh, I think she's going to try and put the blade, like, if I'm behind him, then sort of into the back of his knee.
0: Okay. And as you pull the blade out, there is no blood on it whatsoever. And instead, it's almost like, like you know when you have like dry ice and there's that real low-hanging fog? As you pull out of the wound, you see that kind of, like, escape the wound a little bit, as if like this like dark grey kind of fog rolls out of the wound. Um can I
3: make some kind of check on that? Judging
0: by what well, Anton never said anything about it, but it would just seem that whatever it is that makes these guys in their like little outfits makes them so like shadowy, mm-hmm. it might be part of that whole thing. It might be something about like what they're wearing or what they are as like a group. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, I was also
3: going to apply Booming Blade to him with that, so he's shrouded in Booming Energy.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, And so now it goes to them, and thus begins the Torment. So the tall one, seeing uh, Norhill rush up is probably the bigger threat out of the two of them. He swings in his foot real quick on Norhill. What's your armor class? 18. Okay, and he drops a swift kick to uh, to your shield arm, and... Can I get a strength saving throw?
1: Oh my god. I can't roll double digits today.
0: Here we go. So he kicks you square in the shield arm, and the way that he kicks it into your elbow, your shield goes flying 20 feet off into the distance. Oh no. And Damn. you take eight points of damage from that kick.
2: This cleek can now just assume that's also not how you hold the shield. <laughs>
3: the is like, a lot of what the hell, that. guys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting a lot of mixed information on a proper shield usage. And as that
0: uh, really painful blow lands in the back of your arm, you see lifting the other leg up and almost to like kind of reverse the kick. Sort of like one leg going up to the arm, the other leg almost like on a counter motion goes swinging straight for Norhill's face. And with that, using your Dwarven Height to your advantage, you manage to duck away from the near, probably lethal blow and get out of the way of it. Hey, now, now using your War Pick, you can get that bonus damage, because you don't have your shield, am I right? So anyway, we go not, to the other it mode. is not
1: a versatile weapon.
0: Oh, ew. <laughs> that's that's silly. I would treat that as a versatile weapon. Is it a D8 of damage? Yep. Oh, it's versatile. What the yeah. heck? Yeah, I'm giving you versatile. That's silly. Especially in a moment like this. Nor- like, would Norhill just be like, I can't use this with two hands. That is just silly. <laughs> like, I would break my weapon. I but, mean,
1: I'll, I'll use it with two hands. It's just not. It just wasn't necessarily going to give me a He
4: needs bug. to be well balanced, Dan. He needs, like... So he needs to, like, pick up a rock. <laughs>
2: There's, not, <laughs> enough <laughs> There's the... not enough
3: room on the hilt for his fat, dwarven sausage hands. <laughs> For both of them. Chorizo? Yeah. So anyway,
0: uh, now to offer some more balance, uh, Klikka stab that one in the back uh, of the leg, and what's your armor class? 17. Okay, so with that, both hands in a freakish display of bodily stretching that you are not prepared for, kind of arc around in a way that doesn't seem humanly possible, and sledge you in the sides of the head. Um, first, uh, you take a solid... Six points of damage. And as that happens, I'm going to need you to roll a dexterity saving throw.
3: This
0: is spoopy. 21. So as you can feel like that dunk to your head right there, you can feel like as the fists connect with your head, it's almost like there's some like movement kind of trying to move with your dagger thrust to get you to kind of like follow through and fall sideways or something like that. But you manage to kind of like spin on one of your little goblin toes and manage to correct yourself there. But as you do so, sensing that you didn't fall down, you have one little uh, monk foot come swinging out behind, trying to do something of like a reverse sweep. And... Uh, It misses. Kind of expecting that move, you jump quickly over that second foot. And so now, uh, it goes to Norhill.
1: Okay, Uh, he's still flanking the short one with Klika. Indeed you are. All right, Uh, Norhill is going to take a swing at the short one. Okay. Um, Flanking is
0: advantage, yes? Yes, indeed. Okay. I also just love that, like, you had your shield just, like, comedically swacked out of your hand, and then you just, like, I meant to do that!
1: Yeah, well, I also meant to roll two fives. <laughs> do we get and any
0: bonuses you for doubles? That, that follow-through. Ask know? and ye shall receive, Anthony. Is now the time for the action point?
1: Yeah, now, now is the time for the action <laughs> for a second attempt at that attack. <laughs> Okay, that's a little bit more like it. That's going to be a 17 to hit this time.
0: That is indeed a hit. So, again, so after you huff and puff as this thing dodges deftly away from you with that sweeping kick at Klika, you kind of gather yourself with two hands this time, thinking you're going to break all Dwarven values and put a second hand on a war pick and you make an attack. 12
1: points of piercing damage.
0: Holy cannoli. Okay. And so this guy looks thoroughly bloodied, like that last wound right there. He was focusing too much on Klika, and you just stab right into him. And you also see that weird smoky grayness come leaking out like that from the uh, Warpick wound. Um, so now, uh, is that it for Norhill? He's not moving?
1: Uh, no, he's going to circle around a little bit just come stand right next to Klika.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so in that case, now Klika's not going to get the uh, advantage on the swing. If that's okay for the flank,
1: yeah, that's uh, that's okay because I can protect us. That's um,
0: what I've been thinking this whole time. That's why I paid a lot of attention to it because your deflection thingy don't work too good when you're on opposite sides of things, especially now that you don't have a shield. Is a shield required for that move? Oh, yes. look at that!
1: Oops. Okay,
0: <laughs> you can just scoop back over then. I, 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 See,
1: I, ha- I have the movement. <laughs> I Scoot over and scoop back.
0: <laughs> jesus just to fake him out and make him think you could have done it
2: i just imagine norhill just like putting up the arm like the shields there and just being like shit just moving back behind
0: <laughs> <laughs> i almost figured this could be that moment kind of like in the world of warcraft uh theatric trailer there for the uh i mean not the theatric tra- the the trailer for uh the miss of pandaren where like the, uh, the orc and the human there, like they, they the panda that's giving them the real tough time. You have that moment where they like hand each other back their weapons. I feel like there'd be that moment where Coleco would just hand over the buckler without ever like yeah. looking away from the monks. And Norhill would just take it, put it back on and be like, oh, God damn it. But okay, so Norhill instead just does the electric slide twice, um, as most dwarves are trained to do. And now we go to Anton, hopefully here to scoop up this combat. You're 20 feet okay. away.
4: Um, first thing I was gonna do was cast Guiding Bolt, um, apologies, not, uh, yeah, Guiding Bolt at the tall one. Okay. Look at that.
0: And that's an attack roll, is it?
4: That is a attack roll.
0: Okay, good luck.
4: 120 feet, so better fucking hit him.
0: I mean, I hope so.
4: Uh.
0: Oh, here she goes.
4: I can't count one second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah yes, the real Nin- foe.
4: I got nineteen.
0: Okay, that's a hit. So, what does that look like?
4: Um, well, I keep pulling out candles, and I make. I'm trying to. What's this actually? It's a flash of a light. So yeah, I'm gonna okay. make a candle kind of spark.
0: Now the target also flash light, of light right?
4: The,
0: the target lights up, right? Because it's the guiding bolt, the one that gives somebody uh, advantage to hit them? Uh,
4: it's. On hit, a target takes 46 radiant damage, and the next attack roll against this target before the end of your turn has advantage, thanks to the mystical dim light glittering on the target. Yeah.
0: But yeah, we'll just say that, like, using the light of the candle, you illuminate its position.
4: Okay, let me grab it.
0: But one. magically.
4: Yeah. Now That's we get like the a ASMR n- of... It's Yankee Candle sense there.
0: <laughs>
4: Please. It's All Glory right,
0: yeah. Candle.
4: 46, holy fuck. 16 Math, points man. of damage. 16, you said? Yeah.
0: So this one looks equally as terribly wounded as the short one. Both of them look like they may have, I don't know, misunderestimated their foes here.
4: And as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Shield of Faith on Norhill. You'll have now two... Uh, well,
3: well, hold on. Two. I
4: don't... Yeah, it's a bonus action.
3: Yeah, but it yeah, not but the, so the way
1: it works is you can't cast really two spells in a turn that have a level. Right. So Why? If you cast One of them has to spell- be a cantrip.
4: That's dumb. Because okay. the, cantrip,
0: the cantrip has to be the action, and then the leveled spell has to be a bonus action, right?
4: Right. <laughs> well, yeah, because
0: I don't
1: think <laughs> there are any cantrips that are bonus actions.
4: Shillelagh.
1: Oh. Shillelagh? Oh, that funny. makes sense
0: that those um, would be... <laughs> okay, so what's in going
4: to Never mind. Uh... Well, let me see what my...
0: I mean, is he just going to stay put, or is he going to move I'm gonna up? I'm going to see
4: or? what my reaction is. When I'm attacked by a creature... Oh, I don't think that really counts. I haven't been attacked yet.
0: Well, no, no. I. Aren't you allowed to impose that onto anybody who gets attacked by a creature? Didn't we already have that issue come uh, up, where everybody tried to block at the same time?
4: Well, it says for warning flare, when you are attacked by a creature that can be blinded within 30 oh. feet.
0: Fair enough. Um,
4: yeah, I don't think that'll work.
0: Okay, so um,
4: uh,
0: in that case, is that the end of the turn for you?
4: Yeah, I guess so.
0: So now we go to the top of the round with Jarzak, who I believe is still 40 feet away and blundering.
2: Yeah, uh, Just <laughs> looks down at his hands like, why are you guys letting me down? <laughs> the only thing I could do is swing an axe It <laughs> tries one more time. Blast the tall one.
0: Just for the sake oh, of the storyline. My- Wait, did you fumble Fumbles again?
3: <laughs> you have advantage.
2: Yeah, 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 you have.
4: Yeah, okay, you do have advantage.
3: Oh, here we okay. go.
0: Let's see a double fumble, and he has You're to give up casting ball, Eldritch okay? Blast.
2: Uh, non nat
0: twenty.
3: Okay. All right. Well, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. If you had rolled four nat
0: ones in a row, that's... I would say he has to get rid of Eldritch Blast. He just forgot <laughs> it. Like,
2: yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs>
0: I'm casting Smeldritch Smashed. But um, okay, so what's we got for damage? We got five damage again. Okay. And so can we describe our kill?
2: Uh, so he looks down at his hands, disappointed. It goes to, like, charge up to shoot off this beam, and it kind of, like, sputters for a second. He's like, not sh- Not again. It just puts all his energy into it, and this beam comes out. It just roasts the uh, tall guy.
0: And as you sunder his robes with that firm, forceful blast, the robes tear apart like wet tissue paper and just a poof of smoke comes pouring out and all the robes just land to the ground and begin to sizzle up into like this dusty, like blowing off into the wind sort of deal. As it just like, it's almost like in the, uh, what's it called? The Avengers there, the, the whole thing where they like oh, evaporate no, into the dust.
4: Snap.
0: Yeah, it's basically that. They just like poof and sizzle off into dust. I didn't know I was that strong. Like, hey guys, did you see that? Three fumbles and then I rock this shit. <laughs> but, okay. You basically pulled that Samus move where you just let it charge up real good. But anyway, we got Kleeka now. Unless Jarzak's moving up to go sniff the dust. No. I didn't think so. Clica, what's up? Uh,
3: she's just going to make an attack roll on the small guy. Okay. You still have flanks. Uh, Another 23, fuck yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Alright, so let's get that damage. Seven damage. Okay, describe your kill. Um, so I
3: think Cleco, when she sees how the other guy just turned into magic dust robes and the fact that the dude it doesn't seem to ble- be bleeding, she tries to sneak under his robes to see if there's anything actually under there. <laughs> and then stab at whatever she finds.
0: Killer okay. And so as you go reaching around to try to do that, knowing after having seen like what happened, the weird shrouded head turns to you and grabs your hand that's like trying to get under the robes for a good stab and grabs your blade and stabs himself. And as he starts to puff out that smoke and dust, you hear him as he leans forward into your ear and he says, You're too late and he poofs off into dust into the distance. And with that, with the dead woman... It's always
3: right on time.
0: (laughs) Thank you for that. With the lady dead over there by the tree, um, and these two puffs of smoke, uh, that's where I'm going to end it.